I'm asking the bigger question of who am I? Who am I really? I am, as Pierre de Chardin said, a spiritual being having a human experience. Come trailing the breath of the ancestors yet, but trailing the breath of the angels. And understanding that because I am connected to the source of all that is, all that is possible is possible for me. I don't want to just be successful in the world. I don't want to just make a mark or have a legacy. The answer to that question for me is, I want to fulfill the highest, truest expression of myself as a human being. What an incredible speech by the great Oprah Winfrey. You can listen to that entire speech on YouTube. The title of that speech is Faith Makes It Possible. I am your host, Brittany Cherry. Welcome to the Let's Go There podcast. I have an incredible show for you today. I think that's going to really touch your heart. It's going to make you think about your own relationship with faith. Now, I am no therapist, guru, motivational speaker, none of that. I am just a woman who battles daily with seeing the bigger picture Honing in on that bigger picture and trusting my faith, just like all of us out there, those of us who work nine to fives and those of us who are chasing dreams. And maybe no one understands what you're doing. And maybe you're even trying to prove that to yourself. Maybe today's show is going to free you from that and that you're able to tap into a little bit of that faith to get there. I want to share with you a few of my favorite, most famous quotes about faith and really what sparked the interest in doing this podcast about faith in the first place. I had a very intentional conversation with Elle Michelle, who is our guest for today, and I'm going to tell you all about her in a moment. And that conversation sparked this episode. But before I had that conversation, I was reading some motivational quotes. I was in a place where I just needed a little pick me up. And I felt like these quotes kind of touched me and made me feel that, yeah, even though I don't have the whole picture right now, all I need is a little bit to get there. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. Martin Luther King Jr. I remember hearing this quote at a very young age, maybe understanding it a little bit. But as I grew older, I was like, yeah, you know, I I don't see the whole staircase. Even right now in my 30s, sometimes I struggle to see what's in front of me. But all I need is just a little bit. And what comes with doubt is fear. Do not be afraid. Our faith cannot be taken from us. It is a gift. Dante Agrahehi, the Inferno. I see the importance of having faith, but what is it really? You must not lose faith in humanity. Humanity is like an ocean. If a few drops of the ocean are dirty, 
the ocean does not become dirty. Mahatma Gandhi. I listen to these quotes and remember that faith just takes a little bit of intellectual belief. Faith, a little bit of knowing. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to see it all. You don't have to trust it all. You just need a little bit. Well, my conversation with Elle Michelle is a whole lot of a little bit of faith. My guest today, Elle Michelle, is a voice actor, voiceover master, voiceover coach, vocalist, and she has been coaching for 28 years. She's a speaker, educator, coach, saxophonist, flautist, and she's been featured on Snoop Dogg's album, Algorithm. But more importantly, she's a woman with faith. She's a woman that I admire. And this conversation definitely took that respect to a whole new level. And I want you all to listen to what she had to say. Hi, Elle Michelle. Welcome to the Let's Go There podcast. How are you? Good. Hey, I'm good to be here. Good to be here. Thank you for the welcome. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Um, This has been um, a full circle moment for me, having you on my podcast, uh, getting to know you up to this point so far and everything that you've accomplished and how inspiring you are. It was only fitting that today we talk about faith. Yeah. So I asked myself, like, you know, well, what is faith? What is faith to me? Mm-hmm. Now, the actual definition of what faith is, 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 is defined as complete trust or confidence in someone or something or a strong belief in God or the doctrine of religion or based on any type of spiritual proof or non-proof. Uh, when I think about what it means in this culture, this day and age and my life and others, I kind of struggle. Um, as a transparent way to say it, I struggle. Some days I feel full of faith. <laughs> Some days I'm like, hmm, I don't know. So what does what does the word faith mean to Elle Michelle? It's amazing because you did something that's one of my favorite things to do. I'm a words person. And I'm sitting here with the definition of faith right in front of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it changed over the, to be honest, it changed. It's, it's changed. Um, there's always a base and root meaning of what we're told it's supposed to be, right? But um, as you grow and mature and you go through things, you figure out what it is for you. And my thing is very, 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 very strongly tied to faith. And it's very, very strongly tied to reality as well, right? Mm-hmm. And when I think of faith, I think of that trust in me that I did not have before. And then once I attain that faith and that belief and that trust in me, right, then I understood what faith was for and why I needed to be that way. Was it a process? Yes. But when I think of faith, I think of, man, let me grasp hold to why I am and why I'm here. I had to be here for a reason. So what is that? So just me being here, knowing that I'm here, I know it's for a reason. So there's faith right in that thing of me being here. That one in 
however many million chances that I made it here, right? I'm here for a reason. So that's that gave me faith enough to know, wait a minute, I need to tune into who I am, right? Mm-hmm. And figure this thing out. My purpose, my my reason for being through all of the things, which I know we'll get into in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, growing up, I've heard all these terms, you know, younger, like stepping out on faith. Faith without works is dead. Faith is huge mm-hmm. in the Christian religion in which I grew up. Mm-hmm. And thinking back on all of the times deeply religious people in my family would tell me to have faith. But being a child and being in you know, a transparent moment, not really seeing them live in that faith. Mm. I know at its core, faith is having this deep rooted expectation of good, right? Good to come. Good at having beyond having hope. It's like our, the solid ground that our beliefs are, are real, not just could be real, but real. So growing up, who first taught you about faith? Absolutely my parents. And I'd like to say that's true for everybody, you know, um, but it's not so much because so, there's kids that have grown up not having the parent to lean on. I was able to watch my mother um, actually go to church, um, praying, seeking God, you know, seeking wisdom, being a godly wife and, you know, upholding and uplifting her husband through tough times. And when other people were really battling and struggling, I'd see this, this woman she has the faith in seeing the man that she, in trusting the man that she married to be the leader of the home and knowing that he's just going through a tough time. I saw her uphold another person, her man, her husband in faith until he was back on his feet. I saw her place faith in us saying, you can do this thing. You can do all these things. You can achieve this. You can achieve that. Actually, everything that I attempted to do, she was a cheerleader. And that helped build upon the faith. And every time I went through something, it's like, wow, I did do it. And so seeing her being the support, undergirding, seeing her being the push, because she knew, knowing and looking at who I was as her daughter, she knew she could push me and and just support what I would, you know, want to be. And if she stood there by me, that I could do it. And she was teaching me a way of being, a way of, you know, uh, she was teaching me a way of believing. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing, but it was my mother. It was my mother. And my father, he was a silent strength there. He was always like, okay, I got you. I got you. But my mom was the vocal and the present. You know, they were there together. They're still married 52 years, but it was them. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting that you said that because I think about your father as you're reflecting on your father. And faith is not always loud. Oh my God, it is not. Faith is a quiet confidence sometimes because faith is so personal. Even though we have faith in other people, it's so personal to us because while we're out there, like our family and our friends, and while we're out there achieving and living life, they're holding on to their faith that we will be what we're called to be. Mm-hmm. And that was really deep, El Michelle. <laughs> yeah, and and just you know, and to be honest, now, it, it like just to be transparent is the word. Mm-hmm. 
the thing that actually, the things that drive me most, and I sound a little emotional because this is what gets me emotional, Mm. is my parents' faith and my son's faith as well and who they see and know me to be. Mm-hmm. Not so much other people, because people are fickle. And oh my God, I can say so much about the fickleness of others um, when it comes to what we do and how we do and what we look for in others as we're trying to achieve. That's a whole nother story. That's another topic I'd like to touch on. But my father, my mother, my son, and my brothers, there was a dream one time that I had that I was running this race, right? Mm-hmm. And I was running and and it's on this big track, like a long distance track, like the Olympics. But in the track, there was this break in the track, almost like a excavation had taken place and it was all dug up. And I'm running and I'm running in this race with a whole bunch of men mainly. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's only one lady that passes. Well, that I passed at that time. And I was like, wow, this is really weird. Why am I running in this race? And as I'm going in this race, I get into this break in the track and I jump over the break in the track and make it. And I'm still going at my own pace. Then I look to the side of the track and I see my family going, wow, look at her. go! Did you see what she just did? Mm. Wow. Oh, my God. I didn't know she could do that, though. Oh my God, then I start to run backwards, but still in a forward motion, still moving forward in my goal, right? To the finish line. Mm -hmm. But I turned backwards because I was distracted at one point, looking to the wrong thing. But then I quickly turned back to complete the race and my family was right there. So when it comes to my faith in what I'm doing, it's strongly connected to my parents because I do want them to see the manifestation of what they know me to be that others haven't even seen yet. Wow. And I want them to be able to smile and say, that's my baby. And my son to be able to say, wow, I knew my mom was that superhero. I knew she was that dope. Mm. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Uh, that's my truth. Is it? <laughs> wow. I think a lot about um, w- what the world is trying to tell us about faith. Mm-hmm. And what we know to be true about faith, and maybe what we hear in our place of religion or spirituality about faith. And it is so personal. It is, again, just your journey through life is mostly on faith. You, you have faith that you're going to wake up, you have faith that you're going to hear from your loved ones, you have faith that when you do the work, that you're going to get a paycheck. You you have this strong faith that things are just going to work out for your good. It's interesting that we talk about family and friends when it comes to faith because they have such a, a huge part in how we see ourselves and how we view our faith. Has has your faith ever interfered with the relationships with friends and family? And if so, how? Yeah, it absolutely has, but it's probably not in the way. It wouldn't be in the combative way um, where it's I got such strong faith and they don't and they're doubting. It's actually me having too much faith in people. And what do I mean by that? It's not in a rude way. Right. Here's here's the issue that I had. And I've talked about this so many times. In my trying to strive to be who I have become and am still becoming, Mm -hmm. I would look to people. 
I'd look to people for a nod. I'd look to people for applause. I would look to people for that, you know, approval, you know, to, you know, there, there was a time, you know, I would be just, you know, did you see what I did? Mm. Did you see that? And, you know, but what was happening in that time, because I had so much faith in those other people, right? I had faith, more faith in the pastor. I had more faith in my friends that were close by. I had more faith in, you know, a coworker. I had more faith in all these other people to the point that I didn't realize that, you know, the head nods, I was looking for the head nods of the people who had skillfully laced their uh, success or who they were with an air of superiority, not all of them, to make me lean into them and follow them, but not necessarily, you know, follow my own path. And it was like, hey, did you see that? And I have to admit that because that's when we're becoming who we are, we want that camaraderie. We want that tribe. People throw this tribe thing around all the time. Yes, you want tribe. You want people to be around you, to support you. But when you start to lean into other people for your source of faith or your validation, that's where you begin to falter and fall short. Mm. Um. And it's, it's a really thin line. It's a really thin line because what if that person leaves? What if that person doesn't give you that nod of approval? What if that person doesn't say, well done, well done, and applaud you? What will you do if you don't have that faith in yourself first? Mm-hmm. And knowing who you are, your why, the work that you've put in behind the scenes. It's not to say we don't need people. It's to say that you can't give somebody else more credit and more confidence than you give yourself, more faith in somebody else and look for that. So that's where the problem came in. And until I realized that there's some things that I was taught from my mother, that every time I was leaning heavily into somebody to say, did you see this? I wasn't literally saying, did you see me? Did you see me? But I would lean so heavily into the people in leadership or the city or or certain things, she was like, God is showing you, you don't need them. He's showing you that you are what you need. You have, you are capable of this. You're capable of that. You're leaning into the wrong thing. And when those people are removed, what do you have? Do you still have a solid foundation? Do you still have your skill set? Do you still have, you know, your joy? Do you still have what you need to move forward? And the answer was always yes, because God had a way of removing those people. Every time I leaned too heavily into somebody, Mm. he would remove them for a season. Mm. And it's amazing. So that's where my faith became an issue. It was my issue, not necessarily them, because people don't know what they do. Right? Right. They're being them. (laughs) Mm. But it was me giving too much in to having faith in others to validate me. Wow. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing, you know, terms or, or sayings like you have to meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us are not meeting ourselves where we are. <laughs> Hello. Right. Exactly. And exactly. <laughs> I had to come to terms with a lot of things about myself that I didn't want to um, while questioning faith, while questioning my confidence, my ego, because ego is huge. Ego says. Sometimes ego can say, well, I'm better. I'm better than everybody else in the room. 
And then at the same time of having, because duality exists at the same time of saying, I'm better than everybody in the room. You can be insecure at the same time and say, well, am I even good enough to be in this room? And it's, it's kind of a, a false confidence. And then the ego takes over. But then where is faith? Because faith has to join the party. Right. And um, it, it's been interesting journey for me personally with my, my faith, because again, like I said, sometimes it's, it's there, it's huge, it's in my face. And then sometimes it's like, where is it? You know, faith, the faith of the size of a mustard seed. For those who have been in church know what that means. Now, was there ever a time in a dark moment that you were searching for the faith or, or for you, was it always there? And how, if you had to search, how did you find it? Yeah, there, there was a great length of time in that happening over years that passed through, that I passed through with that search. And this has to do with me being a single mother. Okay. And um, there was a lot that went on with the relationship with my son's father that, you know, without saying, you can just hear how I'm saying Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was not good. Right. Mm -hmm. And because of that trauma, it led me to a place of becoming very sick physically. Um, There's something that people don't really give a lot of credit to, but your spiritual health, your mental health and physical health are directly tied together. Um, When you're stressed, you get sick easier. When you have anxiety, you get physically sick easier because there's these chemical reactions going on in your body that's throwing everything off. And people go, oh, I just got, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not doing this, whatever. But when you're stressed, especially during the pandemic and everybody got to experience that, people were getting sick based off of just being scared of being sick. They were overdoing it, right? They were doing too much and they're anxious. And so during that time of my life, um, I was hiding from a lot. I was hiding because I needed to hide. I was hiding because, um, you know, I didn't want my son exposed to um, something that could potentially really hurt him as far as his development, not physically, but just his development. Um, Some of the things I would, I couldn't even advertise um, what I was doing for at one point. I couldn't um, put up a flyer. So people were like, where is your, why are your flyers? I couldn't. I literally couldn't. So when people say like, oh, I Googled you, you couldn't Google me, baby. I made sure of it because I had to hide. (laughs) I had to. Um, And so I made sure that I left hardly any digital footprints (laughs) for years. And it was intentional. Um, While I'm working behind the scenes, I'm, you know, in college for mass communications, television, radio broadcast, uh, an endorsed saxophonist a singer, voiceover work, teaching voice, all of these things I've been doing for years, over 28 years. But during those crucial years of my son's life, I couldn't really make a lot of press and fuss about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so from that, trying to do everything, cover all the bases, I became very sick. Um, I gained a whole lot of weight. I'm talking about a whole lot. I was close to 260 pounds. Okay. Um, stress, 
uh, I'm a, I cook a lot from scratch, right? So what would I do for comfort? I would cook, then I would eat. Well, what, where was I going? I wasn't going many places other than what I performed because guess what? You know, I needed to stay close to home. So there was a lot of things going on where I was like, oh my God. So my faith at that point was so tested. I was like, oh, I know I'm doing what's right. I know I'm making the right decisions, but how am I ever going to get to where I'm going hiding? How am I going to ever get? But the story that I always tell, and this is one of the most beautiful stories I love to tell. <laughs> My son was about 11 years old, right? He's 24 now. So that gives you, this was years ago, y'all. <laughs> um, he's 24. So he was about 11 years old and he would come up to me and say stuff like, hey, mom, I need to talk to you about something. Wise beyond his years, promise you. And I'd say, okay, we'd have a great conversation. But this one particular day he comes up and he says, mama, you're famous. I go, no, I'm not. He says, yes, you are. I said, I'm really not. Mama, you're famous. He was 11 when he said this. And I went, wow. And I just, I stopped talking. And then he starts to tell me why I'm famous. People love you, blah, 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 this. And he goes in and it was very sweet. It was genuine. It was wholesome. It's who he saw me as and what he was witnessing, what he was watching. He'd see me practicing behind the scenes, doing little voices and welcome, you know, all this kind of stuff and singing and playing saxophone and teaching. He saw me do this and he saw others response, but I was so busy, buried, you know, trying to hide that I couldn't even see my own potential. So he had faith in me because he was, he saw it. And so what that made me do was I said, my God, my son sees it. I need to really show him who his mom is. And that's where that family faith comes in. Family's faith in me comes in. I was like, he can see all of these things, but I'm so caught up. I'm so caught up in, you know, the stress of life and what's going on that I didn't even have the faith in myself anymore. And I was crying and my health was declining. And that's all turned around. That was years, years ago, but that's all turned around. Mm -hmm. But when he said, mama, you're famous. And he actually saw the work. That actually put a stamp and helped boost my faith. <laughs> wow. Yeah. From, from children, you know, like yeah. children have, mm -hmm. they have unwavering faith. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't believe in the impossible. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there's something that happens to us along the way, trauma that happens mm -hmm. to us along the way that we deplete our faith. but. I'm so glad that you brought up your career and how that impacted your career. But I want to know how has your faith encouraged your career? How has your faith helped in your career? Oh my gosh. Oh man. So I love this. So once I got through, you know, you know, not being dependent on other people and all of these other things, I started to realize that, um, not, I, I have to say it this way. <laughs> we need each other. You know, we need each other. Uh, this is how things move forward. You sow seeds in others and you reciprocate things. And that's how business is and careers are. But what I mean is once I got to that point of realizing, hey, this is who I am. 
this is what I was made to be. This is, oh my God, this is, it's different. It's, it's, I'm quirky. I'm a little goofy. I, you know, I do all of these different things. Once I got to the place of realizing, you know, that I didn't need to be the status quo, that I didn't need to be the current trend. I didn't need to be all of these things to become successful. How faith, how faith works is once something you experience that you thought you couldn't do, it boosts you, right? You get a little faith boost, like a little shot of faith. And then you go, well, I could probably do this next thing. So here's one story. I was, <laughs> I was really, I'm telling you right now, I was trusting God, right? I was like, okay, I prayed, I asked God, you know, if I'm gonna, you know, do this thing, God, you gotta supply away. You gotta show me something, God. I'm like, I'm telling mm-hmm. God something, right? You <laughs> right. Gotta show me something. You gotta show me a sign. Mm. You know, <laughs> we love a sign. We love asking God for a sign. <laughs> like, like he don't know what's going on. Right. Mm. We, you got to prove it, Lord. You got to prove it. <laughs> so I'm doing all of this kind of stuff. And so one day somebody comes up to me during this crucial moment that I was just telling you about. Right. And I just got to this point where God, if you show me, I'm going to do it. I'm done. I'm so done. If nothing happens now, I'm never doing this again. I'm never touching my saxophone. Somebody comes up and says, Hey, Michelle, we're doing this concert in this little place called Natchitoches, Louisiana. (laughs) That's a mouthful. (laughs) Oh, Natchitoches. Yes, it's so country. It's literally trees, animals, cows, grass, just that's it. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. That's cool. We like you to play saxophone and blah, 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 blah. Okay. And when I thought to myself, I said, I just prayed and asked God, or a sign. But if I don't move my feet, then mm. do I really believe faith without works is dead? Mm-hmm. You can believe it, but do you ain't moving on it? Are you really believing? Mm. Are you really trusting? Right. You're not. So I was like, well, I just said, Lord, if you show me something, well, here I am going to this little country town. When I get there, when I get there, I see the tree and I love nature. Right. So that's one of my things. I see all these fields and I see the trees and I'm seeing all this beautiful, the air is fresh. And I'm like, oh my God, I like this just by itself. But I meet the person at the church, right? Mm. And oh, this, I love this one. Uh, It just gives me such a joy talking about it. But I meet this person that's invited me and they pick up all of my stuff and start to carry it for me. Mm. I went, wow. They said, hold on, have you eaten yet? Let me go get this for you. Don't touch anything, blah, 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 blah. They're serving me. Then they said, okay, are you ready to go to where you're staying? We have a place for you for the days that you'll be here. Oh, wow. This is years ago. So they take all of my luggage, my instruments that are there, taking everything. They give me these plates of food and they're just, and it was all home cooked. And I love that. And they drive me out, way out. And then we go down this dirt road. Then I see this beautiful pond. And then I see a two-bedroom cabin for me by myself for the duration of my stay. When I tell you, upstairs, two-story, two-bedroom cabin, all to myself, I was treated like royalty. But had I th- went, oh, it's just a little town. This must mm-hmm. not be you got it. And, 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 and been a little too prideful, mm-hmm. that one faith step, could have proved to God I wasn't ready for the next step. So I get there, right? Mm-hmm. Story gets better. And these artists and stuff that were there, I was like, I don't even know who's here. 
that here I am. I just gotten my saxophone endorsement, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And I get a two bedroom cabin. Everything's taken care of. I don't have to lift a finger. But where I came from, nobody paid me any attention. I could walk in carrying five instruments with six inch heels on and guys would just walk by and go, hey. <laughs> and then people, I'd say, hey, I got a suggestion. Da, 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 da. Oh, really? And then the next person would say the same thing. Oh, man, that's so dope. Dealing with people who were kind of prideful and misogynistic that were around at the time. Mm-hmm. So I went from that to this extreme. I went, God, this has got to be you. First person I played with was James Fortune. Wow. That's where I'm, and years before that, what's funny is I had already done some recording sessions before he became famous with some of his group, the Cardi, all them. <laughs> and mm. so I was like, wow, here's wow. James. And now he's in the upright. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing that happens, this is so fun. This is so crazy. I was like, I took this small, seemingly small step. The next thing happens, they're like, well, Donnie McClurkin's here. What? what? Okay, yeah. Donnie. Donnie. Donnie McClurkin. Wow. And this is what happens. I play with James Fortune and I'm the sax player back there jamming. And I was still in my big, I was really, really overweight. I have a picture of myself. You couldn't even recognize me if you saw it. But I still, I had my saxophone little hat on for Dora. I was cute. Thought I was cute. So next, Donnie McClurkin is preaching. But before he does that, everybody's like, okay, we're going to do praise and worship. So Micah Stampley walks in the room and says, hey, do you know this song, Michelle? Hey, let's play this song. Micah Stampley gets oh. on the organ in this little church. We're at his parents' church in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Donnie McClurkin walks up mm. and starts going, praying, oh God, oh. So I'm playing with Micah Stampley. Donnie McClurkin writes right in front of me, lays hands on me or whatever, and then goes on praying. The next night, he's the guest preacher. Donnie starts to sing in the middle of his sermon. He tells everybody in the band, be quiet. Then he points at me. He says, you play. He sings. Oh, I play it back to him. He sings something else. I play it back to him. It's just me and Donnie. Wow. From this little step of faith, from this little, uh, hey, I might as well. Donnie McClurk. And then at the end of the night, he was like, and everybody just looks at me. You know that moment where, uh, you know, you go. <laughs> wow, this is this is happening. What's going on? And you're just going, you're just trusting what's the process. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm turning, I'm turning around. And when he tells everybody else, all the musicians who were very, very like, they were really like, we're here, we're about to show out. He tells them to be quiet. And when he tells me to play, they all turn around and look at me like, why her? Mm. And God was, that was God winking at me saying, You trusted me. Mm. Well done. There you go. So that's how that started. That that gave me that first booth. Then I started getting the, I had the endorsements and other. So every time your faith gets tested in these little areas and you pass it, you get another little boost to know I can do this next thing. I can do this next thing. I can do this next thing. All the way leading up to. If I'm in the room, I must belong there. So let me figure out. And I mean, let me not be prideful, but let me Mm -hmm. figure out why. Why? And just trust it. All the way up to Clubhouse, meeting Snoop Dogg. Well, I am saying, you know, I want to work with you. Send me your information right now. Talking to the chief scientist of NASA. Um, holding rooms with Curtis Blow. Now, Professor James Small is one of my you know, closest friends. I'm like, why not? Amazing. Why not? I don't want to ask why not. I don't want to uh, ever say I could have. Mm. I did not. 
That's that's how. That's how you gonna make me cry. I'm gonna <laughs> I don't. I don't listen. I don't ever want to be like I had a chance to at least try. Why didn't I? So now, if I feel the urge or the peace to do something, I'll just go. Hey, I'm gonna try it. If it doesn't work, guess what? It wasn't for me. But if it does, guess what? I just got another boost in faith, and I just proved that I trusted God, and I just, you know, proved that I I believe in who I am now. You know. So that's, that's, it. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, I know it's a lot said a whole lot. <laughs> no, no. Because what that makes me feel like is every yes is not from God and every no is not from ooh. the devil. Oh, oh, that's, ex- oh, that because. Is, oh, wait a minute. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Write it down. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, I, I just remember, down. I just remember for all of you who want to know how El Michelle and I met, um, we actually met in the metaverse. Um, if you're familiar with what that is, you know, a headset and we're in a social environment Mm -hmm. and I'm speaking publicly. And at that time, I believe El Michelle was sent to me because I didn't have a lot of faith in, in what I was doing. I was doing it and I was doing it to the best of my ability. And I believe, you know, I had, had some talent, you know, I thought I was okay. And what she did was she stopped me. I was there with someone of notoriety. I'll say that. But she didn't go to them. She came to me. Mm. And El Michelle said to me, you know, who basically, who are you? (laughs) I got to know you. I want to know you. And I was like, who sent you? (laughs) Because right before that, you know, feeling, not feeling like a fraud, but feeling like, okay, well, I'm just, I don't know why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it. And people are telling me I'm doing a good job. So I'm going to keep going. And not that you ever look for validation. But then when I found out who you were, I was like, okay, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Yeah. Let me keep going. And then I still wasn't transparency. I still wasn't believing that I could do it, that I could do, that I could create from, from my voice. Wow. And here I am <laughs> on a podcast that I created. Yes. And I would like to say that that moment was my mustard seed of faith. And now you're going to make me cry. No, I don't want to make you cry. (laughs) I said, well, we was going to get really real. We was going to go there about faith because there may be someone listening to this podcast right now who doesn't even have a mustard seed at the moment. But this podcast may be their mustard seed. And I'm sending all of those vibrations over because we all have to start somewhere. And we all have moments where we're questioning our faith. We're in and out of, I can do it. God, where are you? I'm showing up today. I don't want to go, but I'm still going to do it. I don't know what I'm doing here. Oh, thank you, God, for giving me this day and giving me this. And, oh, I see it, Lord. I don't see it today. We go back and forth, this mental friction. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, we start to go on autopilot with our faith. Because we say, we pray and we say, okay, God, 
I'm tired. I'm just going to trust. Because real faith is more than words. Mm. You know, you said Mm -hmm. faith without work is dead. So it's more than words, it's action. But then real faith is also more than emotion. Because you may care deeply, you may want something deeply, but if that little bit of doubt is there, you're going to hinder yourself because now your foundation is rocky. That's right. Real faith is not even truth sometimes because the truth Sometimes it's what we tell ourselves. We tell ourselves the truth sometimes. And we, we take what we believe as truth. Oh, I don't believe I can do this. That must be truth. That's not true. And that's not faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you talk about the doubt, mm-hmm. that's, that's a big thing with me. That's, that's gosh, and believing what we see only with our eyes. Uh, if we speak of the Bible's faith, faith is that, you know, substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's where if we want to put it in the non-spiritual aspect comes in, you know, if you don't want to put church or or Bible on it, Mm -hmm. you have faith in something, you start to do what? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance of something hoped for is doing the work behind the scene. Mm -hmm. The substance is digging, the substance, the evidence, you start to, you start to pour into the thing that you want to manifest. People do it in business, people do it in relationships, people do it in all of these things. But the first thing, if the first thing you do is lead with doubt, you've already defeated yourself. And that doubt thing, that self-defeat by speaking words of doubt. Well, I see others. Where does that doubt come from, first of all? <laughs> mm-hmm. It comes from watching others too much. And, and what we do now in our society now, seriously, it, it's really something that kind of gets under my skin as we look for clicks, likes, right? We look for, you know, go viral. Mm-hmm. We look for all of these things. And what does that do to us? It stunts and it kills our faith a lot of times because we're inundated with that. We inundated where we're, see, we scroll all day. We scroll for hours. We're, we're on the metaverse. We're all on, on all these platforms. We're watching TV. We're watching celebrity, blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. Hashtag goal relationships. Mm. Oh, no. So if we don't have the hashtag goal mm. thing mm. that we can attach to our, our faith suffers because wow. we're watching others too much. Okay. And so what I always, what I always try to get people to realize is we have to stop looking at the, the shiny object and having the shiny object syndrome. Let me grab this next viral moment. Because if you do that type thing, you're going to always have to do that type thing. Viral moments are fleeting. Yeah, yeah they are. They're, very, they're fleeting. And can they give you a boost where you need it? But then where is the what? Substance for the next thing. Substance for longevity. Substance for. So if you're doing all of this and watching these things and going for that, your faith, you're going to start to doubt yourself. You're going to really start to doubt. I didn't get that many clicks on this thing. I didn't get that many comments on that thing. I didn't get that many, you know, responses, just like I spoke about earlier. I didn't get the pats on the backs. Oh, El Michelle, we want you to come sing. Mm -hmm. Right. If I counted on that stuff, if we count on that stuff, we will start to doubt on a daily if we are even worth doing it because somebody else had a fleeting moment that went viral. The viral video may have 2 million hits, but that's the only viral video they have. 
well, where's the business? Where's the longevity? Where's the foundation? Where is something that's going to last and leave a legacy? So what I want people to do when it comes to doubt is stop watching other people so much. Because if we put a lot of weight, yes, you watch people for trends so that you can be relevant, Mm -hmm. right? So that you can understand people, so that you can, you know, do all of these things to help bring understanding or share the news or share the stories where meet people where they are. Yes, but you don't watch it to compare yourself because that comparison is sabotaging. That comparison sows doubt. It makes you not believe in what vision you know you have for yourself. And so I always tell people, quit looking at the surface. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Quit looking at that because you will always doubt if you continually focus on the surface of things and saying, okay, I got all this shiny stuff on top. I'll put it this way. The Eiffel Tower, you know how big it is, right? It's huge. Everybody goes, (laughs) girl, people go to visit that thing. They take pictures. They want to do all these things and there's memes and all this kind of stuff. But people don't realize the depth of that thing, the depth of that structure has to be just as deep as it is high or it will not stand. Mm-hmm. I hope people understand what I just said. Because yeah. You can't yeah. sustain anything. Mm-hmm. And, that, and if you want to, let's put it in the Bible, uh, a house built on sand. Well, what? It'll oh. crumble. Because not, not there's not a solid foundation. So it'll look pretty for a moment, but as soon as the wind blows, ah, it's gone. As soon as a tragedy comes in your business, it'll crumble because the foundation, the research, the work, and all the things you needed underneath to help sustain that is not there. So we have to stop looking at these highlights. We got to stop looking. The only reason to look at the highlights and the only reason to look at all this stuff is for relevance. Mm -hmm. To keep yourself relevant. To keep comparison. Right. Compare, you can compare only to say, okay, am I, am I keeping up with what's needed for people now? Uh, you know, there's certain, there's, mm-hmm. it's a thin line there, but not to say I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing, you know, this way, or I gotta be hashtag this or hashtag that because at personally, <laughs> I don't want to be a viral moment if it's only going to be fleeting and the viewers are not going to be there for the next 30 years. Mm. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so there you go. So quit, that, that'll, that doubt will go away if you quit watching these, these hashtag goals things. And right. yeah, it'll right. focus on you. Right. Well, we, we know that faith is not what we say, feel, debate, but even believe it, it's really total confidence that what is for your good will happen no matter what. Mm -hmm. Oh, Michelle, we could go on and on and on because just jewels, just dropping, dropping from the sky, dropping from the sky. (laughs) Um, I want you to know that I am so thankful for having you on to talk to me about faith, to, to give me a jolt of energy because now I feel like I could do anything. (laughs) And you can. And I can. Um, will you please grace the audience and let us know where we can find you, um, on social media, um, on your platforms. Tell you what I'm doing. I am a vocal coach, a voice acting coach Mm -hmm. and a singing coach. And I'm also working on a book. Um, 
that it's going to be all about my story in depth. And then another that's uh, for vocal students. And so those are things I'm working on and some great things coming up for video and music as well. My, I'm pretty simple right now. Um, I've been restructuring and coming with a lot of stuff behind the scenes that are really cute, really fun. Um, I hope people will get laughs out of it. Just some joy. <laughs> um, but right now, just follow me on Instagram at L-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, McRae, M-C-C-R-A-Y. That's at L-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. McRae, M-C-C-R-A-Y. That's on Instagram and on Oculus. I like to meet people there because it's an immersive experience. So it's L.Michelle.McRae on MetaQuest 2. And that's it. That's it. It's really simple right now. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so, 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 so much for blessing me. And I love you, L. Michelle. I love you too. This is amazing. I'm so glad to be a part and be able to come on. It was most certainly a blessing to have Elle Michelle sit down and talk to me today. I hope you guys enjoyed our deep conversation on faith. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you love the content and share it. Share the joy. If you love the podcast, share it with someone that you love and give them just a little bit of faith. I want to leave you with this. Sometimes beautiful things come into our lives out of nowhere. We can't always understand them, but we have to trust in them. I know you want to question everything, but sometimes it pays just to have a little faith. Lauren Kate, Torment. Today's episode is dedicated to Sheree Selden. I hope that this episode brought you just a little bit of faith.